Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Real Clear Politics Takeaway for Thursday, January 6th. I'm Tom Bevan, co-founder and president of RCP. I'm Carl Cannon, Washington Bureau Chief. January 6th, Tom, was it really a year ago? One year today? to the day, Carl. Uh, obviously, if you look around, there's there's the media's treatment of this uh, anniversary, I guess you call it, is, I mean, I just spent a couple hours going through all of the websites, and you've got live coverage from the Capitol by CNN and everybody else. Carl, I think there's a maybe a third of the country that thinks that this was a a significant event on par with 9/11. It's our it was a you know our democracy. It was a coup that was foiled at the last second. Democracy was hanging by a thread. You've got a, maybe a third of the country who are Trump supporters who said, "Look, it was wasn't great. It was a riot, yes, but but it wasn't you know the the Chewbacca guy wasn't gonna you know overthrow the government." Okay, as as a lot of folks were wandering through the the Capitol. Um, you mean that guy in horns yeah, wasn't yeah, going to be yeah, the yeah. new speaker of the yeah. house? And yeah. then there's probably, yeah. I don't know, maybe a third of the country who are somewhere in between those two extremes, if you will. So how, how should we view January 6th in a historical context, Carl? And is the media giving it its proper treatment? Well, you know, that's a good question, Tom. I, I It's hard to know while we're living through an event. And, and in some ways, we're still living through this. The, the house still has its committee. Their report is not done. Donald Trump is still out there claiming that the election was stolen from him. These people are being sentenced. So, you know, that was not an event, a snapshot, four hours in time. It's an ongoing thing. I remember in George W. Bush's last press conference, I covered his White House. He said he kind of shrugged when asked about his legacy. He says, well, they're still arguing about George Washington. So, uh, you know, 50 years from now, maybe we'll know if George W. Bush was a good president. That He was taking the long sort of view, you know. Having said that... <clears throat> The people who, the conservatives mostly, who say this this was a riot, that it's improper to call it insurrection because these people weren't armed, um, that it was a riot. And there were there were actually deadlier riots all summer uh, prompted by the Black Lives Matter movement and more destructive riots right here in Washington, D.C. All that's true, but they're missing a point. This was an attempt to interfere with part of the election process. We learned... Uh, this generation of Americans learned, Tom, in 2000, uh, the year that Real Clear Politics started, that the concession speech, and Al Gore finally had to give it, is part of the process. Conceding the election is not just good manners. It's part of the process of a democracy. And if you have a president, in this case, refusing to concede, uh, it's a problem. So riot's not the right word. It's more than that. Insurrection seems overblown because these people weren't armed. But it's somewhere in the middle, I think. So you're one of those people who fall in the sort of the middle bucket, if you will, of people who think it was <laughs> often, often, not just on this, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's one of your redeeming qualities, Carl. Moderation. All right. Uh, well, obviously, we'll pay attention to the coverage today and, and uh, we'll talk more about this, I'm sure, later on in the week. Um, but, Carl, let's let's shift gears and talk about the Chicago Teachers Union because they uh, voted by overwhelming margin, 73% online uh, a couple days ago, to not return to in-person learning because they were concerned for safety or testing, et cetera, et cetera. Um, this is something that the mayor is upset. She gave an interview to Politico, which is out this morning, saying that they made a laughing stock of the city uh, all across the country by their decision. The White House even expressed their frustration. Uh, there seems to be a consensus now that schools should remain open even during the Omicron surge uh, because of what we know now about learning loss, emotional, educational, 
physical uh, damage that was done to kids over the course of you know the last year and a half, basically. Um, but the Chicago Teachers Union's Teachers Union is uh, not having any of it, Carl. We don't know how long this is this is going to last. Um, what do you make of this, and and what should be done? Well, Tom, I I'm gonna if you mind if you don't mind I'm gonna defend the Chicago Teachers oh Union uh, on 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 the following ground. Now, I don't obviously everything you said I mean is right. We need these kids have suffered without during this pandemic online learning. It is a problem. It is not good, and I don't you know I don't I don't think the Chicago Teachers Unions should be making policy for the district. And I and if you wanted to argue that that public employees unions themselves uh, should should be disallowed. Uh, Franklin Roosevelt thought that uh, I didn't. You know, that to me is an argument worth having. Having said all that, this is a labor union. And one thing unions do, and it's one of the best things they do and in, in the history of this country, is they protect this. They work. They organize for the safety of their workforce. And if these teachers feel that it's not safe for them to be in the school, I mean, let's leave out all their you know, happy horse pucky about they're doing this for the kids. But if they feel that the teachers are at jeopardy of Omicron, of getting it from the kids and passing it to their families when they get home, they're doing what labor unions are supposed to do. They're taking a stand to protect their members. Carl, are teachers a protected class? Is that what this is about? I mean, why why are teachers, uh, you know, why, why does the teachers union have to protect their members when there are plenty of other unions out there? People are going back to work. People are back to work. A lot of them. Uh, and, and so why should teachers, this was an argument that we had a year ago when we had, you know, grocery store clerks and, and everybody else had to go to work to keep the country moving forward during the pandemic. And yet teachers stood down for a year and a half. So why, why do teachers get an exception here uh, when nobody else does? Well, I don't think they ought to get an exception. I'm saying they're doing what labor unions do, but your, your point is right. And that's what, that's what the mayor Lightfoot thinks. It's what president Biden thinks, which is, um, there, at first, the, the idea of the pandemic, when we thought this, these lockdowns would last, you know, weeks or months, not two years, uh, were deemed non-essential workers in that they could do their function online. Maybe not as good, but good enough. Now, two years into it, uh, the consensus is that it's essential for children to be in school so that they are essential workers. So that's, that's the fight. And, that's what, and, and in some ways, it's an intramural Democratic Party fight. Well... It's, it goes beyond that because there are plenty of parents. I mean, this is the other thing too. A lot of parents were, you know, counting on their kids going back to school and were left in the lurch as they decided this sort of last minute. And that's, you know, there are a lot of parents who have struggled and continue to struggle uh, with, with kids learning at home for, for a variety of reasons. And the unions don't seem well, to care much about that. Well, there's these ripple effects. Um, Arlington schools are closed today. Why? The roads are, the roads are clear. Because you guys don't know how to drive um, and, in snow in Washington. No, the roads are all clear. It's that some of their teachers live in other school districts outside Arlington where the schools are closed. And those teachers have to stay home and take care of their children so they can't come. So, you know, look, the, the hardships when you close schools do ripple out to society. There's no question about that. All right. We will leave it there for this morning. I'm Tom Bevan, co-founder and president of Real Clear Politics. And I'm Carl Cannon, Washington Bureau Chief for Real Clear Politics. And this has been the RCP Takeaway for Thursday, January 6th, one year after the storming of the United States Capitol. Mm -hmm.